0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 358 on Tuesday the 13th of October 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello,
1: I'm Andrew. And in a week where we take a deep breath, we'll be trying to avoid all police charging puns. We'll be asking if listening will make Skoda dealerships stand out. And we'll be taking a hard look at car interiors. But first, we have a smidgen of follow-up. And it is from Autocar. And it is to do with September's uh, sales statistics. Jim Holder has written an article going through the UK as well as some bits, uh, pertinent bits from Europe. Uh, It's actually quite an interesting um, article. And I didn't realise, because we we talked about Subaru, didn't we? And how worried we were of the lack of registrations and how that might make it struggle a bit to be a viable business, but they weren't the only ones who were really struggling on that side of things. So there's more in here. There's a bit more drilling down than we, we did because he's used some wider information and obviously his knowledge and experience of it. So uh, I do thoroughly recommend that you go and catch that article in the
0: show notes link Mm -hmm. as always. Not even we are going to subject you to the Jato dynamics, European. (laughs) Registration and sales figures, no. okay, <laughs> for patrons only.
1: Yes, <laughs> Listen yes, to yes, us yes. rattle off a spreadsheet one
0: line at a time. <laughs> Why not join our only fans? Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? I just—you're probably—I don't have to cut this. Uh, I ended up watching uh, whilst I was waiting for you earlier on. I ended up watching a, a snippet, an outtake from the new uh, spitting image. All right so and it it's our home secretary and her basically she's she's turning on michael gove and at the end they 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 swap and michael gove starts delivering statistics and it goes back to her with a cigarette going oh i just love boring men it was like (laughs) no oh no anyway meanwhile back to the motoring yes so starting off this week's new news, a story from uh, motoring research and they're very smart revamped website by the way. Yeah. It's it's really really good. But it's about the Bath clean air zone. It's been confirmed for March 2021. Big news on this is to make it absolutely and totally clear that passenger cars and motorcycles will remain free to enter. All passenger cars and motorcycles will remain free to enter. It's really the fees or the entry fees will only apply to vans, taxis, private hire vehicles, minibuses. HGVs, buses and coaches can pay up to £100 a day. Uh, If you do want to, to know if your commercial vehicle will be charged or not, there is a vehicle checker that is linked via the motoring research article in our um, in our show notes, mm-hmm. God, how much did they pay for that logo? Which one? The breathe. Okay. Oh, that's only just appeared as I scroll down. I don't know, but I, I, when my handwriting looks a bit like that, with a mix of capitals and small letters. Oh, God.
1: Okay, um, as it is uh, clean air zones, I will insert what I'm going to record off air soon, just to insert to save me saying it over and over again. Unless you are encouraging people not to travel at all, it is just a tax. Yes, I am curious as to why they are not including private cars.
0: Uh, I think they're trying to make it less of a tax. Anyway, Birmingham has also revealed the start date for their clean air zone, uh, according to VanFleetWorld.co.uk, and it is June 2021 pardon me thank you it is june 2021 yes i could only then go into the birmingham article and find the bath date uh but yeah (laughs) yes
1: very helpful but this is slightly different though isn't it
0: it is because it includes private cars but it's only private cars that are pre-euro six diesel and pre-euro four petrol so
1: that's in line with london's ULES, then isn't it
0: Uh, i believe so yes yeah yes to be honest slightly lost track
1: yeah uh, I think it is, but again, we have to remember all these clean air zones are with the agreement of the government. Yeah, 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 if if the government felt that they were not doing enough or were trying to do too much, they weren't allowing councils to do it because Bristol have had to go back and have a rethink, haven't they?
0: Well, yeah, but it was really it needed it was a rethink. Very I think. <laughs> um, the Birmingham area, by the way, it would be the the area inside the inner ring. In a ring road, uh, and it's expected to affect about twenty five percent of vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are various exemptions, financial incentives, as well to help residents, city centre workers, and businesses phase in. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Just, just there. um Map of the Bath one is on the motoring research site as well. Yeah,
1: if you if you are from Birmingham, you can type in all the w's dot brum breathes dot co dot uk, which mm. I don't mind actually, as a
0: <laughs> it's that's, that's, that's actually quite good. That's actually quite witty.
1: Yes, I don't I don't mm-hmm. mind that one. Yes, let's get ready for more and more cities to have that all agreed and be implementing them. Yep. BP ChargeMaster has actually agreed a twenty one million pound deal with Police Scotland for providing the chargers. They're going to put in over a thousand charging points at two hundred and sixty five locations across Scotland. Which is, I mean, it's wonderful for BP ChargeMaster, but it's also excellent for the police.
0: It is, yes. These are not, by the way, going to be available to the public. They're only going to be available for police vehicles. Yep. uh, Which is the one one thing in this. And uh, by the way, they also already have, before I move on to the discussion I want to have, they've also got the contract to roll out the charging infrastructure for the Scottish Ambulance Service as well. They'll be powering Scotland, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Now, the thing about them being police only is, on one hand, I get it. And on the other hand, it's a bit of a shame, really, because what it actually highlights to an extent, uh, I I think, is is the challenge that Scotland is going to have with rapid chargers. Sorry, ultra fast chargers as well, because these are the 150 kilowatt hour ones, Mm. uh, kilowatt ones. And that's that the current infrastructure is really good. Yes. And it's free. Yes. But the challenge is that, of course, you can't compete with free, can you? So, if someone like BP Charge Master wants to go, wants to start moving into Scotland, they're going to have to charge. So, there's going to have to be a considerable delta between what they're doing and and what the I've forgotten the name of the Scottish initiative is now, and the the Scottish charges. Mm. Now, that might be a bit silly because I know Ionity are going in into Scotland as well already.
1: Well, I think I think they can probably, and I, I imagine they will be targeting the yes but it's convenient you do have to pay but we are adding the convenience you're not having to wait because that'll certainly be initially because most people Mm -hmm. will still wish to use the free system Mm -hmm. that's uh, generally slower uh, than what they're going to be putting in so i think if they're going for the ultra ultra rapid and they're doing uh, oh sorry ultra fast and then the 64 kilowatt jobbies Mm -hmm. then i think that will that will entice enough people who particularly if people are uh you know heaven we're allowed to travel again in this country um but if if you're you know like a sales rep or something you need yeah. your, you need your car to ch- charge quickly please while i'm mm-hmm. grabbing a sandwich and a coffee and a comfort break yeah and that isn't going to happen at the free places
0: no no exactly and yeah yeah that's fair enough. Maybe I was I was sort of over-worrying.
1: I mean, I think I think there's angles, there's angles, but they're going to have to work at it. It's not going to be easy.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed.
1: Right, so let's all listen to you tell us about Skoda.
0: Well, Skoda are trialing an app. And everyone's trialing an app, so that's not really that in that that impressive. But what this is is it's called the Skoda Sound Analyzer. Uh and it it's an app and it's and the idea is that it records engine sound. And compares them with stored sound patterns. And the idea is that this can help give an instant diagnosis to technicians. Mm -hmm. So you can sort of point it, record if you're above the engine, and it will will say, okay, so we understand that sound signature is the aircon pump coming in and out, so that's fine. That sound signature there is the water pump, so that's okay as well. But hang on, there's a sound signature here. Which sounds like a faulty power steering pump or something like that. Yeah, and it can help do that. Uh, dual clutch auto gearboxes, all sorts of stuff like that. This isn't a huge surprise to me because when we were on the Nissan Juke launch last December, it's almost a year ago now. They were showing off their sound radar thing that they could use when they were developing cars to actually find out where an odd harmonic or something was coming from under the under the engine. Yeah. or where squeaks were coming from inside. So this is really a simplified version of that. But if you're doing that kind of work when you're developing the card, then you can build up a library of the signature of what the stuff should sound like, yeah. and then you can compare it, and then that should be nice and easy and quite kind of cool.
1: I, when I read through the article, I, and this, I know I've got a, a bias towards this sort of stuff because of the, the podcast and audio side of things, but I was surprised... That this wasn't already a thing. Because I know the technology is there to be able to do it. Mm. And I know it's very simple it's a very simple algorithm being used in a nice way. Uh to Is that a good algorithm? Yes, this is this is yeah. again um a motoring
0: podcast approved technology used for clever reasons. <laughs> Sod motoring podcast, it's Andrew doesn't grumble about it technology, <laughs> which I think is isn't as even, good as we can even ask for tighter remit. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but yeah, because it's it's sound waves and it's comparing sound waves on any uh, histogram or audio histogram. Mm. So yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. Plus, if you are if you are the customer and you can supply this information ahead of time, then it should make the stay of the car less and cost mm. you less because they already know pretty much what it's going to be.
0: Yeah. So, good stuff. Yeah. Clever stuff there. Yeah. Good use. Nice one. Good use. Anyway, tell us about blowing up roadworks. Okay. Um, the <laughs> motorists, according to this Motoring
1: Research article uh, from Richard Orcock, motorists in the West Midlands are set to see new roadside features when driving through uh, along the motorway, where there's going to be inflatable barriers to help protect road workers uh, being coined as roadside airbags. Uh, and it's going to be a test pilot in the West Midlands. And they are just basically this massive uh, yellow and red inflatable cylinder with a huge stop on it, which... Oh, good luck, because the people can't see similar-sized signs on... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least if a car, for whatever reason, does impact with one of these, it's not going to total the car and uh, will... Probably bring someone back to full attention.
0: I would hope so. Either that'll be the most amazing game of skittles with all the cones (laughs) as it goes flying down the motorway. No, it's a good idea. It's it's a it's a big yellow cylinder, and if it sits at the start of the the roadworks and is blooming obvious, whilst at the same time being significantly cheaper than having than having seventy thousand pounds worth of truck sitting there, yeah, yeah, then that's that's got to be a good thing, as long as it's you know fixed in place. That's my only worry with this. Yeah, is it has to be properly fixed in place, and
1: because at the minute they well the picture that we can see, it's got
0: four cones on,
1: on either, either side, side holding down a sort of apron, which I feel may not when it comes to sort of.
0: But there are t- before you go too far to it. There are D rings yeah, on the end. I, I as can well. see this way so, that they so, so will it can hold, be tied down in I other mean, ways. Obviously, so. they will have thought of this. mm Hmm
1: reassure me in one of the windiest countries of the world they've really they thought of this
0: yeah exactly yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure they but, will.
1: but I, I like the idea again because it's going to be easy to deploy easy to get to move out and as you say is not going to involve them parking a really expensive lorry mm-hmm. and whose job is to get damaged yeah and hoping no one hits it and therefore the repair bills
0: <laughs> yeah i mean those things do have the sort of deformable aluminium barriers at the back but those aren't cheap to repair either no so, you know, the money could be being better spent in better ways. Mm-hmm. One last one before the break, and it's an article from the BBC, and it's titled Should Your Accelerator Pedal Curb Your Speeding? And it's one that I have real mixed feelings about, to be honest. Uh, so what's happening here is that the EU is proposing a kit that essentially dulls your accelerate accelerator pedal once you've reached the appropriate speed limit uh, much in the same way i, I assume as uh cruise control does whenever you um you whenever you want to sort of push through you know whenever it's set and and you want to go up and, and reach uh, and reach a speed.
1: Yeah, we know that this this is legislation that's coming in. Yes. Because we discussed this uh, probably almost about a year ago where the, the EU legislated and approved a whole host of things because people got their collective knickers in a twist about, well, I, what happens if I need to get round something and I can't go past the speed? and And mm. this is actually about thrashing out the technical details of how the speed... Limit will be enforced in the car,
0: yeah, and so there's that from the side of the u that's what they want. The motor manufacturers don't really want that. What they would much rather is is a light and a bleep mm. in the car, so that there is something that flashes at you, there is something that that pings at you if you go over the speed limit. both sides argue that their systems will annoy the driver less. The reason that that's important is that if it annoys drivers, drivers will find and look for ways of disabling it, complain about it, uh, all the other things. Somebody from the a spokesperson from the Car Makers Association at ACEA is saying that they would much rather have a cascading signal of warning light followed by beep or pedal response um, so that it's not... It, 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 there is a, a sort of graduation it's not as if you reach 70 and a half miles an hour and all of a sudden it's going bing 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 bing. Yeah. and try to push your leg back up again so so yeah it's it's ongoing this one nobody's really quite sure what's happening but some of the proposals are just i don't know
1: well it appears to be I mean, they're, they're it appears to be on to one include... side a very dictatorial way of enforcing it and the other way is more no we're going to advise the driver that they are reaching a, an area that they shouldn't be going beyond
0: yeah which and i'd rather the second one to be perfectly honest
1: yes yeah, so i uh, i am i am very intrigued to see how this plays out because i fear it will be very much the we know better we're going to insert this thing that that's it we've told you so that stops type attitude mm-hmm which seems to be creeping in more and more.
0: Yes. There's all sorts of bits and pieces. Uh, all of these need to be resolved by April, 2021. And the technology is meant to come in on new models from 2022. I'm a huge fan of safety stuff, by the way, of active safety stuff, lane keeping assist, blind spot warning, all these kind of things. Driver assistance stuff is good. On is good, but, I read this and I don't know if it's just this BBC article because it's BBC, and I just think uh, I don't. It just makes me uncomfortable, to be honest. Some of it makes me uncomfortable. I'm not
1: buying the huge benefits
0: of the speed thing.
1: Yeah, that, of the that speed are, one it does claimed in here. There's huge benefits apparently. Yeah, which I I I don't buy. But then I'm very skeptical about when someone mentions safety benefits anyway
0: yeah they're one of those that they're, they're completely intangible but you can never say no yeah exactly to safety benefits yeah it's like security benef- security yeah. well it's security and then there's just no point in arguing any further because because then you're all about not being secure and and people get special about that as well yeah
1: but i'm I'm not convinced here uh hopefully it'll be more the driver assistance type thing rather than mm-hmm. a
0: dictation system. Yes. Yeah, absolutely I'm on board with that. All
1: right, I think that's the end of the first pass, Alan.
0: Well, it is, and that brings us, of course, to Giltman at that point in the show where you're mind to think about and consider what the Motoring Podcast is worth to you. If it's worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, then please do head to motoringpodcast.com, click on the orange, become a patron button there on the front page. Uh, if you're already a patron, then you know you're awesome. Uh, thank you so very much. Uh, we're also completely aware that not everybody has the ability to do this. So if that's the case, then please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice Uh, if you've done that you really are great how's about telling someone else all about us uh, and possibly even showing them how to subscribe uh, via a podcast playing app if for some reason you don't actually subscribe to the show how's about doing so for free making sure that we come to you without the anxiety and worry that you might miss out on the next awesome show yes
1: right wrc and it was rally italy or sardinia And in this truncated season, yet more things thrown up, more complications, more intrigue, uh, Danny Sordo won for Hyundai, which is great. I think that's his third uh, World Rally Championship victory on um, Rally Italy um so and he came ahead of Thierry Neuville who just on the final power stage picked Ogier for second by 1 second uh, so that's and he was in, and Neuville was 1.7 seconds behind at the start of that stage so that's a that's a great effort by Neuville um particularly considering he's had a rough few um a rough couple of rallies since coming since it, the season started up uh, from Estonia um so superb for sordo who seems to be being brought in as a rally italy specialist now elvin evans is still at the head of the wrc driver standings um, but his lead has now been cut by four points to 14 uh, Nouvelle is up to third eight points behind ogier so uh Ott-Tanek didn't have a good one he had problems on friday where he lost over two minutes um, because of a suspension issue. And, but then he, as is the way with WRC these days, he he got back some points by doing very well in some of the uh, power stages. Yeah, he aced the power stage. Yeah, but he's he's 28 points back with only two rounds remaining. So it doesn't look like he's going to be able to do back-to-back driver championships. However, it has meant that Hyundai has overtaken Toyota at the top of the Manufacturers' Championship. There is, as ever, an excellent Dirtfish article in the show notes, but there is also going to be the What We Learned article from Dirtfish in there as mm-hmm. well. So do go and read those. They're always excellent reading. And they, I know that the people involved in Dirtfish really get behind the scenes and know information that others don't always, but it, it's always great reading it because you find out so much that you don't see mm-hmm. on the telly coverage or the,
0: or online. So there's no Formula E news this week, uh, but there is time to remind you about Goodwood Speed Week or Speed Weekend, uh, as it seems to be this year. And it's going to be available to watch online for free from Friday, the 16th of October. There are timetables available. There is going to be lots of stuff to watch. There is going to be a live schedule of live stuff. Taking place from Friday until Sunday, everything will be streamed. It will be presented by Dum O'Leary, Rory Reid, Sean Welby, and Mark Weber, and it will be as as interactive as they can possibly make it.
1: Yeah, it's also going to be on ITV as well. For um, some of the live coverage is going to be shown on, mm. on ITV over the weekends. Uh, again, we're going to have a link in the show notes that explains all the details, uh, including. Uh, clicking on it to find out where it is on the TV as well as how to stream it. So,
0: yeah, looking forward to that. That it should be good.
1: Yeah. Right, we've just got one little bit of motorsport stuff left to cover and it is an article from Motoring Research that Alan found and it is the best motorsport face mask set you can buy. So if you are looking for a to freshen up your face mask wardrobe, then <laughs> do it along the motorsport I, lines.
0: <laughs> are, are you bored of the blue?
1: Yes is your white face mask a bit grubby now well (laughs) um, there are actually some nice looking uh, face masks in here um really so uh do have a run through the list uh, and purchase any that you you fancy on there but uh no uh, there are some good ones there's some pretty shocking ones as well but
0: there are some good ones (laughs) yeah there are some pretty pretty dull ones the mclaren one is is the peak of technology as you would hope
1: yes don't you know it with the price
0: uh yeah no it's it's quite cool lots of lots of stuff there so yeah have a little bit of a look decide whether you want formula one btcc um nascar even yeah you get a ford performance camo mask i really like that one <laughs> 897 me too actually that's why i mentioned it so yes you two can it, it just looks like you're a mercenary trying to steal from a shop as opposed to just feeling like you're a bank robber yeah that's a normal one. Moto the Moto GP camo face one's quite cool. Yeah, too. that is a good one. Oh, there's loads of good ones. Go have a look. Yep. It it is actually well worth well worth having a look. Yep. Quick Designer's mood board. And this time it is guitar wielding former. Jaguar designer Wayne Burgess who is now also the former head of Geely Design UK uh, because he's moved on to become the chief design officer for a company called Paramex which it seems is one of these companies that if you're not in the depths of the industry you've probably never heard of but you'll pretty much certainly used their output mm. uh, so they supply digital visualizations photorealistic renders animations and also the uh vehicle configurators that so many of us prat about within our spare time
1: no you you i think you misspoke there what you meant to say was uh, do very detailed research oh that was it
0: yes very detailed research yes uh so yes so they're hoping that he's going to be using his his experience of working for jaguar rolls royce all these kind of all these companies to be able to bring a more realism uh uh into into Paramex's output yeah it's kind of cool yeah they're opening they've also opened a new digital studio facility uh, at the same time so that's kind of cool. very strange move because he hasn't been at geely long no No, maybe he was just offered lots and lots of money and Mm. maybe a bit less travel and that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. but uh, you can read more about that on the uh, ever-excellent form trends.
0: Did point out that they had worked with him lots over the years on lots of projects, so he was well-known, and it could just be a a sideways or a trying to actually do a bit less, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lifestyle change type thingy, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. Mm -hmm. Right, our lunchtime read... Um, we return to what is becoming a bit of a, a favorite here. It's another Petrol blog one, and it's a cartoon, but this time from the fabulous Kenny Smith, who many on Twitter will know. And we get to go through a frankly horrifying car history <laughs> combined with some superb music choices uh, and basically just. As as is the the case with this wonderful uh, feature, the cartoons is how a song brings back a particular strong memory or time with a car. So mm-hmm. it's uh, I think it's a brilliant feature. It's it's excellent, and uh, the songs in
0: here are pretty cool as well. If you think so, some of them there are some special ones. Yeah, there are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a good one. There is a whole series of these, by the way. So I do have a a flick back through some of the rest of them because they're all brilliant. Yes, brilliant reading. Yes, they yeah. are. This time it's list of the week. Yeah, it is, I think so. Yeah, uh, and it's from Lewis Kingston. Actually, it's called Fast Fives, and in this case, it is five cars available for less than a thousand pounds with evocative engines. There are only 5 so we have to be careful not to give too much of it away. Andrew, do you have a particular favorite here?
1: I would pick the Honda Prelude 2.2 VTi.
0: Mhm. A fine choice. Thank you. I would choose the Mazda RX8. <laughs>
1: what to just bring back nightmares.
0: Or if you got if you one, got too yeah. much cash all of a sudden. <laughs>
1: if you had a windfall and you just don't, you you don't know what to do with it. <laughs>
0: That's the one. I can never lose as much money as I did on the last one. So uh, it, turns, it turns out trading in cars that don't run, is just, you don't get much money back. So yeah, and no, I'd have another one. Wonderful, wonderful cars. They really are when they're working. Just go get the engine rebuilt as soon as you get it. Yeah, I know that that doubles the amount you're going to have to pay, but it will quadruple how much how awesome the car is. Yes, because it will move. Well, there is that. No, but there's a certain assurance of reliability yes, here. Yes. Yes. Right. Move to the end finally, Mr. Close.
1: Okie doke. Uh again what seems to be coming the petrol blog episode. Um and this is a, a wonderful article that has caused huge ructions throughout the motoring journalist industry. Uh as it turns out that uh, car buyers don't care about some hard plastics. <laughs> and it's, It, it is, is a lovely article. I mean, this is a bit, if you've listened to, which I know many of you have listened to our reviews, we do happily stick the boot in when it comes to some materials and say we aren't going to moan generally i think it's virtually every car we've said we're not going to moan about the fact that there's a hard plastic right up behind the back of the wheel where you can't touch it unless you get down on hands and knees others do but people do and it's it's silly and i think gav has pulled the noses of these people just enough to hopefully make them pay attention
0: yes i mean i i i this is this is wonderful uh it really is wonderful uh, i i love it cuz you, you go to launches you go to events uh or you did and what happens is some people get in and it's as if they sort of grasp the top of the dashboard and they sort of start banging on things and it's like what are you doing yes <laughs> what's the deal here oh it's a bit hard down there tap 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 and it's just like what?
1: Yeah. Well, it does say in one of the one of the paragraphs, the entirely fabricated study found that motorists only come into contact with the top of the dashboard when they're retrieving a wayward pay and display ticket,
0: which is so true. <laughs> you don't go along holding the top of the dashboard. It's a completely unrealistic thing for people to do. As long as it's not so shiny it reflects in the in the windscreen. Yes. I'm happy. Yeah.
1: I think there's only been one car where I've commented on the. In a slightly negative way, because there was a multitude of materials.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: But that was more of a surprise. Not that I objected to them, but I I was just very surprised in what
0: had happened out there. Mm -hmm. Yes, there were many things. Excellent little bit. Uh, Do please have a. uh, Do do please head to Petroblog, have a look, buy some merch. Yeah, then go uh, read some other stuff by Gavin, because he.
1: He is such a wonderful writer.
0: By the way, there is a thing over there about being swathed in fuzzy felt, and that immediately made me think of the Ferrari F forty. <laughs> it's flocked. Yes. That's about it for this week. Couple of parish notes. We are a step closer to a Friday special edition, everyone. Yes, we have we actually are.
1: recorded it. Yeah, I know. God, this is this is a giant leap forward for us.
0: It's actually it's well worth listening to. Well, it should be worth listening to um it's it's quite an interesting one Yes, yeah, so, i hope so it's a goodie mm-hmm. that's it for this week but don't forget folks that between now and next week you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts of the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities please don't forget about our patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com slash support and please leave a review and rating on apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you
1: search for Crack Windscreen, you shall find me there. And Alan, if people would like to hear more about your tales of woe and financial ruin thanks to the RX-8 you had, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you personally?
0: Uh, well, I suggest not making me cry and instead going to motoringpodcast.com and searching for RX-8, uh, where you'll find one of the very first articles published under the blog Uh, was the story of my irx8 but if you want to talk to me about just about anything else then please do use twitter where i'm at ajpbradley that's b-r-a-d-l-e-y as i said we'll be back soon but until then i've been alan bradley i've been andrew clues and safe motoring